It is direct. Live and direct. Coming to you from different studios around the world. Uh, <laughs> so today's Thursday. It's kind of a special edition of the Weekly Win Soon Show. Uh, because we were going to do it on Tuesday. And then, as usual, you know, last minute snags happen when you're trying to develop new software and things. But Cal, why don't you tell us uh, what's going on? Yeah, so... Uh... As you may know from the from the title, today is the launch party for Community launch Pages, party. which is a launch party. Um, we've been working on Community Pages for a long time, and uh, we've, uh, you know, I mean, it's been talked about for, I don't even know, probably close to a year. And, uh, and really the idea started, um, the idea started from... Um, I don't remember if it was JK or, or someone else. I think it was JK if I had to guess. Um, but it started it started out as this idea that we could create a page on Leo Finance that's designated for a community like Thorchain. Um, and with that page, uh, we could basically create a um, we could basically create a, a specialized feed and uh, you know a designated hub for, Thorchain content and uh, and then use that as a marketing tool to basically onboard you know an entire community at once. So the idea is uh, you know Leo Finance is like a supercharged medium, and a lot of crypto projects, pretty much all of them, use Medium to release announcements and release uh, you know blogs and and updates about their project. And you know some of those projects, you know, they might get a few comments underneath their their Medium posts and and some engagement with it. But, but primarily people are just reading it and the community doesn't really engage there. They, they release a blog post on Medium, then they share that blog post on Twitter. And then you've got like their community engaging on Twitter. You've got a blog post to read on Medium. And, you know, the idea behind community pages is that a, it, basically a project like Thorchain or, or Splinterlands or, uh, you know, the Cosmos ecosystem or, um, you know, really, really any crypto project could create one of these pages and then use it to have the team release blog posts, have the community release blog posts about the project. And then obviously you have the, the huge benefit of then the whole community can be, uh, you know, reading and responding to comments underneath all of those blog posts. And what you've got now is, is a real hub for engagement um, around the project. And, uh, you know, Leo Finance as a community right now is, is highly engaged. The engagement numbers are, are off the charts if you compare something like a Leo finance to even like a Thorchain in terms of, you know, when a blog post is released, there's 150 comments underneath it. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the, the user base is reading and engaging with it on a daily basis and then creating their own uh, user generated content about the project, which obviously accelerates that, that kind of cycle of, of attention. Um, so, so the idea behind community pages is really just to onboard an entire community at once. So, um, what we've got now is this framework where um, it, it takes, I was working with the dev, so we created the Thorchain page as like the first example page. Um, and then I wanted to see how long it would take for a second page to get set up. And, and so we set out and we did the Splinterlands page and it took under five minutes to, to release a Splinterlands page because all there is, is there's one, con so now that we've got the framework, there's one uh, config file. And then we literally just input the data. It's just some links. Uh, we add the moderators 
um, logo and that's it. It's just a simple config file with maybe, you know, 20 lines of code and, uh, and we can just add new pages like that. Um, so my vision is that we've got, imagine, you know, imagine a day where we've got a hundred community pages for all sorts of crypto projects um, and even non-crypto projects. So I reached out to Mitch and I said, you know, Alchemist Nation, Walter and Mike could have a, uh, have an Alchemist Nation page. And then their community would now have this whole hub where they can all create content that's uh, related to, you know, the things that they talk about, which is, you know, real estate, generating wealth. Um, and then they can have their own community mods who, who basically create that content and, uh, and curate it. Um, and, and that's a, that's a really interesting idea because then it, it kind of creates a, you know, basically a meta framework for each of these communities on top of Leo finance, which, which is obviously great for Leo finance in terms of engagement numbers and traffic and ad revenue. Um, so that's, that's really the vision behind community pages and the, the framework, the framework is basically, you know, the, the page looks um, super simple. You've just got, you know, the main logo and then you've got, you know, the price of the asset. So obviously some page, some pages like um, Alchemist Nation might not have a, have a crypto asset tied to it, but um, you've got the price, you've got some basic links and then you've got the moderators. Then below that, that's where, it, uh, you know, that's where it got really complicated to create this, this framework is uh, the feed. So the way the feed works is that it has all the community moderators in basically in a basket. And then the algorithm is scraping all the curation activities of all of those curators, uh, the moderators, and then it's, it's using that curation activity to fill the feeds. So it kind of works similar to the curator's picks page uh, where the heavier they upvote, the higher that piece of content ranks on the community page. But then what makes it complicated is you don't just have one person upvoting, you have you know, three or four or five uh, moderators upvoting at once. So the algorithm needs to be able to read all of those uh, activities and then, and then basically display it on the UI uh, on a weighted basis. So it took a little while to get that working. And, uh, and obviously now we got it and uh, it is not bug free. We are doing a live beta test. So, <laughs> so this, is, this is a feature that we built into Lightning and Lightning is basically a second layer caching uh, database. That database can work great in a small, you know, like when we put it on the beta UI, uh, it, worked, it worked flawlessly. Then when we pushed it to the live UI, obviously it, it has a whole new set of challenges because um, that caching layer is not just servicing, you know, three or four of us who are testing it. Now it's serving the entire uh, UI and, and all the traffic that comes to it. So, uh, so we're doing the live beta test now and, and deploying a bunch of bug fixes as we go. Um, but it does look good if you go to the pages. Yeah, I was just looking at the Swinnerlands and uh, it, it had a whole bunch of posts. I voted on something, I went back to refresh and now it says loading data for 6-2-2022. For yeah, that's actually a good, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing that I missed. So if you scroll through the feed and you keep scrolling, it'll it'll have a little green box at the bottom. And this was uh, the devs idea and it, it was a really good idea um, where it says, you know, loading data for the next day because this algorithm is a very heavy um, scrape of data from the Hive blockchain. So it's, it's basically requesting a thousand uh, pieces of data at once. So, um, so it, it requests a thousand and then when you keep scrolling, it'll request another thousand. So sometimes it can take a while to load, um, especially if you're the first one to load it. But but you know once it's been loaded by someone else, then Lightning has cached it. So then it's if you go to the Splinterlands page right now, it loads super fast. 
But if you were the first one that went to the page, it loaded super slow. It probably took like over a minute to load things. Um, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of the, uh, the moderator or the community moderators for Splinterlands. So I voted for something. Yeah. So does that mean it's recalculating everything that shows up in the feed now? It is recalculating the order of things in the feed, but it right. has already cached the other. So it's just caching that one piece that you upvoted. So it doesn't have to recache everything, but it does need to reorder everything. Okay. So I guess I'll just wait. <laughs> See if it stuff pops up. Wait. Wait. Hurry up and wait. What did you upvote just out of curiosity? Uh, I upvoted my most recent Monster Member show. Um, I see it at the top. So this is a good point too. Ah, so in this, so I went to Thorchain, came back, and now it all appears. Yeah. So so in this live beta test, one thing that we've uh, we broke is uh, if you reload the page while you're on it, it will break the feed. Uh, so the dev is working on that right now, actually. But um, that yeah, that's a light, that's a lightning problem. So uh, it's a pretty simple fix. We actually fixed it before, but uh, the new the new curation algorithm kind of kind of broke it again. Um, so if you're having trouble loading something, just go to another page and then click back to the page rather than going directly to the uh, the URL, uh, and that will fix it for you. But but that should be fixed, you know, within the next like two or three hours, hopefully. So very cool. So we got so we got a Thorchain community. Uh, and we got a Splinterlands community. So yep. Splinterlands. The initial moderators are myself, Belemo, Elmo. I don't know how you pronounce his name exactly. Effing Guru. Or Finguru. I don't know how to pronounce his name either. I think he's uh, a Finguru. And uh, on Thorchain, we have JK6276, Beehiver, and Mr. Killy, uh, who apparently has a, has a rep and rating we, uh, of 74. I've never seen him before. Sneaky stealth. We should start a uh, when soon community and make Trump man the moderator. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And um, I think the next, uh, speaking of Trump man, I think the next uh, community page or one of the next ones will be a uh, Travala community. So a lot of people on Leo Finance talk about Travala and their token uh, AVA and uh, put out a tweet and, and said, you know, if you want to be a moderator for this page, uh, we, can, we can set one up. And uh, I think it's going to be Trump man. Um, who else? There were a few people that that volunteered. Um, but yeah, we're going to get that page uh, that page going. Awesome. Okay, so this is you know let's call it ninety percent functional. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's what's next? How do we go to Travala and get people to say, "Hey, we have this thing. You can use it." Yeah, yeah. So the you know the the roadmap for this is basically um, we had it in private testing, and and we we only had the Thor chain page up until like two nights ago, and then I said, "Let's do a second page just so that we got you know we can test how fast we can we can basically roll out another page." Um, so now we've got Thor chain and Splinterlands. Um, and in private testing, like I said, you know, a lot of things work that don't work in, in the live environment just because of how many people use the live UI. And uh, that can definitely break some, some of the lightning features. Um, so the process right now is we just rolled out the pages 
you know, a couple hours ago, or basically like last night, uh, like eight or nine hours ago. And then uh, the dev is working on all the bug fixes right now, uh, just to iron out, you know, the lightning issues. And then I also noticed a typo on this Winterlands page. So uh, we got to fix that. And then once we've ironed those out, we're going to release, you know, maybe three to five more community pages. Um, and, uh, and I've kind of already, already figured out which ones those are going to be. Um, but yeah, like you said, like now, once that happens, at least in that stage of what we're doing, um, we, in my opinion, what we need to do is basically what uh, JK6276 put out in the post. I really liked uh, the way he put it, um, which is that now that we've got this, this framework, it's really up to the community to basically take content and those community pages and start blasting the projects and communities on Twitter um, telling them that this page exists and explaining, you know, how it works and, and what it is. Um, because, you know, if you, if you onboard, like, let's just say you onboard, you know, five people from the Thorchain community, for example, and, uh, and, and they only live on Twitter, but then you tell them, look at this, it's on a blockchain and you can create content and share it and, and engage with the Thorchain community. Um, if you onboard five people, those five people then become ambassadors within the Thorchain community to bring more people from Thorchain onto Leo Finance. So um, it, it really is the, the type of thing where, you know, it, it, it's gonna take, the network effect is gonna be extremely vital. And, and the key to that is getting, getting the, first of all, populating the page. And then second of all, taking that populated page and, and distributing it to people who are in that community, uh, who's, who obviously it's relevant to. Very, very cool. So what is, um, you know, one of the things I like to do whenever there's like a project is like, what does success look like? So let's say we're six months down the road, communities, community pages are a success. What does that actually mean for Leo Finance? Yeah, that's a good question. So in my opinion, um, the success of this uh, feature is going to be having, let's say, you know, somewhere up to a hundred pages Obviously, we can have as many as we want, but somewhere around like 100 pages and, um, you know, within those pages, onboarding those community members from outside of Leo Finance. So, so in my opinion, the, the real metric that we're looking at here is monthly active users on Leo Finance. So, um, and actually, I, uh, I put out a Leo Finance post a few weeks ago uh, talking about, you know, our core KPI and, and, uh, and, and essentially, you know, the, the way to measure the success of the project from if you zoomed out to like the, the biggest picture possible, it's, it's based around monthly active users on Leo Finance. Um, and uh, Dials puts out the Leo stats post every week uh, where he measures that based on how many people are uh, creating content and how many people are creating comments. Because um, obviously we don't expect everybody to be a content creator. Um, you know, some people will be just, just there for engagement and reading. Um, so, his last figure said that we were at about 630-ish monthly active users uh, for the month of, what month is this? May. Um, so, so the idea is, let's, I, I would say if this feature is successful, we should definitely see a, a rise in the, in the number of monthly active users, like a not just a small rise, but a significant rise. Um, and, and the idea behind that is that, you know, we have a bunch of people from outside of Hive, outside of Leo Finance 
joining uh, Leo Finance specifically to use the community page that they're interested in. Because uh, you know they're not interested in Hive content, they're not interested in Leo content, they're interested in Thorchain content or uh, Travala content. What does one do if they want to become a mod on a existing page, or if they want to obviously launch uh, a community? Where's yeah, the so, point of contact or request? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, one day in in the Suniverse, we'll have a a uh, form that you can fill out and basically set up a page. Uh, without any any manual intervention, uh, as like as it stands right now, I would say the best way to do it is to open a um, a tech support ticket, and then you know just add the information you want in there, just so the team can kind of prioritize it, and then and then go from there. I ask for a reason because it's going in the when soon recap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a critical uh, index. Yes. Uh, the win soon recap is a win-win. It's a recap, and I'm so busy typing that I don't have time to make jokes the whole time, and you guys can actually <laughs> get out uh, content that is productive. Productive is good. Sometimes overrated. It's true. Uh, you, need, you need comedy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so good. So, I guess uh, something to put in the recap there, Kat, is uh, so today's June 2nd, let's say December 31st, we take uh, like a, you know, a snapshot of the, uh, the users and we'll see if, you know, Cal's vision here is coming to fruition or not, or, or if we're above, above the target or below the target or whatever, you know, gotta, what's, what's that phrase, you know, whatever gets measured gets uh, improved. Something like that. Measured gets managed. I don't know. It's one of those. But you gotta pay um, attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if you want to add like a measurable target for that, I would say, you know, it, it, I would say that we should target 5Xing the monthly active users, which is obviously aggressive, but um, that would put us at somewhere around 2,500 monthly active users. I think, I, I truly think that's possible. Because um, as it stands, Leo Finance is a great place if you're interested in Hive and Leo. And that's been an issue on Hive, you know, since the beginning, six yes. years ago, where it's a it's a echo chamber of people who just want to talk about Hive all the time, which is not a bad thing. But um, you do need, if you want to onboard people outside of Hive and Leo, you need to uh, create environments where they can read and engage with content that they like. Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, human nature is that we like to... We like to hear what we, you know, what we want to hear. We don't want to hear about things that we're not interested in. So right. um, you don't want to be scrolling through a feed and seeing, you know, one Thorchain post for every 25 posts about Hive and Leo. Um, you want to go to a, a specific page on the UI and say, oh, this is all Thorchain content and it's curated by people in Thorchain and and uh, it's got, you know, obviously those Thorchain moderators. Um, so I, I think that's where things kind of get kind of get interesting. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think a big push is going to be for anyone that's already active on, you know, Twitter or the Discord servers in external communities. If you already have, you know, a quote unquote hook in those communities, spread the word. Basically, Absolutely. you know, let them know that this awesome communities feature on a Web3 platform exists. Especially yeah. on Twitter. They're like, hey guys, yeah. 
Let's do I mean, let's do this over here and actually earn crypto instead of Twitter making money. It it absolutely drives me insane that crypto projects use Medium and Twitter instead of an actual blockchain anything. It's ironic. <laughs> it's like the like ultimate it irony. It doesn't even have to be Leo Finance. Just blockchain anything <laughs> would, be, uh. <laughs> would be better. Uh, but you know you do have to go where the people are. So I understand that. Uh, but it's at least do both. You know just yeah well and you know at the same time transition takes time i mean think about it over the last 20 years basically maybe a little more you've had people getting onboarded to web 2 social media right so web 3 social media has been around for i mean in theory like five years but you know that was the early 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 adopter kind of just like crypto nerds only so we're really in like the first year or two in terms of like web three being a quote unquote mainstream option. So unfortunately things take time, no matter how much you uh, push it, we'd all like it to happen faster, myself, including, but think about, you know, what web web three looks like in 20, in the year 2040. Now, granted that sucks because I'll be an old man by then, but pretty (laughs) sure web three is going to be a win. That is uh, that is true. Uh, we got idiosyncratic asking if there would be sub communities sub communities for centralized exchanges. I think the centralized exchange hardly have blog platforms for their users. I think Leo Finance can fix it. Right. Not a bad idea. See, the the thing is, we could do a community page for anything. Like, um, yeah. you know, if if you know someone, if a PR person from Binance says, "Oh, hey, we should start putting our content on this." web three platform and and uh start to get some binance users in here and we can even do like giveaways to get people onto it um they can just set up you know leofinance.io slash binance and then now you've got a whole section about binance um or you know if if you even want to take a broader look uh you know you could have a community page for for technical analysis you could have you know a security cat guide as the as the core moderator for content that's that's specifically related to technical analysis on stocks, on, you know, crypto. Um, so you can have a community page for anything. I think that's, I think that's the cool part of this, this whole thing is that it's flexible. Um, and it's really just designed to give people a hub for talking about a specific subject that they're interested in. Awesome. So what's the, so you, you mentioned Travala. Um, what do you think is like the next five? A good question. Um, it, it's really up to the community and what people ask for. I think I think we're going to do one for uh, Hive. So you know, if you want to talk about Hive, there's going to be a specific page, and we might put you know someone like uh, you know a few people like Taskmaster uh, or Addicted. You know, some some you know big Hive people people who talk about Hive a lot. Um, put them as the moderators. Um, now, would that include? Hive, like I guess Hive would include anything Hive related. So I guess Hive Engine chat could be in there. I almost feel like Hive Engine could be a community in and of yeah. itself. Well, that's the thing. It's all it's all demand based, right? If there's enough of a community behind a certain idea, then why not have a page for it? It doesn't really add yeah. any load for us. Uh, like I said, the, the config file takes like under five minutes to edit and then and then build the Leo uh, production UI and deploy it. So it's it's really basically nothing for us to add a new community. Uh, the key is to fill that community with content and activity so that doesn't look like a ghost town. But that that part is up to that community to fill it up with 
with content. So if you look at the ThorChain page, and this is part of the reason why we did the Splinterlands one for, for the launch day too, um, there's only one piece of content there right now because people haven't been talking about ThorChain lately uh, on Leo. Um, so this is like a good good call to action to write content about ThorChain. And then if you're one of the moderators, uh, upvote some of that content. Yeah, it's, so, uh, it's um, I mean, ThorChain had some huge news a week or so ago with, uh, with Haven being in beta testing, which is mind-boggling that I think people aren't talking about it more. So maybe I should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, do it. You'll show up on the actually, ThorChain page. I could create some content. Oh my God, Neil, you're gonna create content? Yeah, I don't know. That's you actually should because the cat's falling off. <laughs> I finally, I finally hit the wall. I guess after what six and a half years. Been a while. I've posted, yeah, I think I've literally done two posts in the last ten days. Yeah. So the um, yeah. So let's uh, let's have some people focus on that and then. You know, even even just something simple like uh, you know, if you're in the discords for whatever, just you know, recapping their latest news and announcements. You know, that's a, yeah, that's actually a good start yeah, because again, what you want to do is so like my opinion. So I'll, like I just I asked the, like I'm asking the question in the when soon recap. You know, what communities do you want to see, and more so, what are you going you know what are you going to do uh, to start it and. I personally want to see like every other blockchain have a community. Like obviously Thorchain's there, but like Avalanche, Phantom, Solana, like all of them, like bring their damn communities, you know, onto Leo Finance. It's a way for them to communicate, share news outside of, you know, Discord and or Telegram um, and Medium. So someone that has an interest in one of these other blockchains, you could simply start the community and just share, you know, news of the day, news of the week. And now you have something that's operational that you can basically now bring to that community that you're already involved in and be like, hey, look, you know, we got this thing over on this Web3 point, Web3 platform, Leo Finance. And from there, it can be leveled up. Because if it doesn't exist, it's not tangible in people's minds. They don't have something they can look at. It's way harder to bring some bring people over. So starting one yourself, if you're already involved in, you know communities on another blockchain i think is a smart move because then you have something tangible to show them that already exists and they can see like posts and votes and all that stuff so it becomes a much easier sell absolutely because in the end it's all about conversion let's convert those monthly active users yeah you can't convert those folks if they really have no idea what it is or what they're looking at. And if there's a page that exists, that's already something they're interested in, something involved in, there you go. That's how yep. you kind of get the rapport or slash, you know, get them vested. As Cal was saying earlier, it's like you go to the main page about communities. It's like, well, I don't give a damn about hive. Yeah. You know, yep. if it's someone on like, yep. the avalanche blockchain. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a natural, uh, it's a natural progression for people to, to you know, be conversing all about the things that that they're already on, right? So you know, taking advantage of that instead of letting it work against you, I think is yep. a great move. So now let's flip the coin to the other side. 
for someone that is, let's say, you know, already, you know, involved in a community, let's say on another Discord channel uh, for a different blockchain, right? And they start a community page on Leo Finance, and they're obviously going to be a mod. If they ask the question, well, what do I get out of this? Well, that's a good question. What do they get out of it? I mean, visibility, more upvotes because they're a mod. Like, what's their motivation, I guess, outside of just, you know, (laughs) I guess, yeah. Just being, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to that, but, um, you know, I, I would say the best way, I would say the best way to explain that value proposition would be to look at something like a subreddit and ask why, why is anybody on a subreddit, uh, a moderator, why do they care to put their time and effort into, uh, into being a moderator on, on a web two platform. Um, and really the, the value prop I, I would say for most of them is, um, you know, they, they like the, I mean, humans love the idea of having some sort of power. So that's obviously a, you know, people love to be promoted Have to a power. power. <laughs> and then, uh, um, you know, so that's obviously one. Then the other is, is, you know, more altruistic, you know, they might want to help spread the word about their community and, and, and whatever they're talking about. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of, plenty of, you know, let's call them regular reasons to be a moderator. Um, then I would say if you, if you go on a deeper level and then look at what we're doing, um, when you, when you upgrade from a web to uh, sub community idea and, and upgrade that to a web three sub community, then you have the power of, let's say that you want to become a Thorchain moderator. Your reasons for doing that could be the same ones as someone on web two, but then you also have the added impact of you're an investor in Rune. So, you know, you want people to learn about Thorchain, you want them to buy the token so you make more money. Uh, so you have that financial incentive. Um, and then, you know, another financial incentive is, is, uh, you know, as a moderator. Uh, so if you go to one of those community pages, you can actually click on one of the moderators and it'll take you to their, their Leo finance account. Um, so, you know, as a moderator, you'll obviously get more visibility and, and that could be a, another selfish reason to, to be a moderator. Um, and obviously just name recognition. And, and we all know the value of name recognition, you know, someone like a taskmaster has become, you know, the number one paid hive author. Uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, he's built a lot of a lot of name recognition on the Hive blockchain. And when he when he posts something, people want to upvote it and read it. Um, so so there's plenty of reasons, I think, to to become a moderator. And I think you can separate that into, you know, a Web 2 bucket of, you know, normal reasons to be a moderator and then a Web 3 bucket of you're a stakeholder. Um, and there's plenty of selfish reasons on a on a platform where people can can upvote content and, and uh, basically move around value. Um, there's plenty of selfish reasons too. So yeah, like we was saying, if you're a stakeholder, seems that raising the value of the token is, is a motive. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's been my driving kind of motivation between Steam to Hive to Leo Finance. I mean, obviously definitely long game, but um, indeed motivation, so. But uh, yeah, and like you said, that's multifaceted. Everyone's kind of got their own different reasons um, and different potential value propositions, um, whether it be social, financial, um, or even just emotional and feeling important. So there's many, many, many things that are, I guess, uh, in that beneficial bucket, so to speak. 
Uh, I see in the Discord audience we have Sports Talk Social. So that sounds like a hem start a community. <laughs> I've seen that uh, on uh, Hive. But that's the thing too. Like anyone that's already got like a sub community on Hive, it's just like that's just a layup to start a community on Leo Finance. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot out there. I mean, I'm pretty ignorant to uh, the majority of it. And I, you know, know of a few. So I know there's way more than I am aware of. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, uh, you know, something like a Splinterlands community is, is low hanging fruit because people are already talking about Splinterlands and there's already, uh, you know, plenty of Leo Finance people who are big on Splinterlands and one of them is on the podcast, but it's just low hanging fruit because you can, uh, you can, you can definitely just set up a page and, and go from there. So uh, now here's where it may or may not get messy. So obviously Leo Finance is um, somewhat, you know, obviously a niche platform in regards to finance, crypto, you know, business, um, anything to do with money. Now, when it comes to communities, does that still hold true or does that open things up more since they are like kind of these, you know, a sub community? Is it still targeted to stay in that realm or no? It's a good question. I definitely think it, sh I, it, in my vision of it, it should skew financial. So a lot of these community pages are going to be, you know, 4Chain, Splinterlands, um, um, you know, Travala and, and like yep. crypto projects. Um, that's kind of my vision for it, but it can evolve into whatever the community wants it to be. So you know, I, I think that's the beauty of, of proof of brain is that, um, you know, if the community sees value in something, um, they, they can vote it. And if they don't see value, then they can downvote it. And, and it's really just up to, uh, up to the community, what, what to support and what to not support. But yeah, I mean, like in these little echo chambers of community pages, I think you could see a widening of, of what kind of content is acceptable. So, I mean, Something like, just to use it as an example, since I mentioned it, like sports uh, talk social. I mean, for me, it's like, all right, well, technically talking about sports, that really doesn't fit. But if they're talking about like fantasy football and or potential, you know, sports, sports gambling, money. like yeah. now we're talking money and now we're talking, you know, because there's people that play fantasy football for a living, which is, you know, wild, but it's a thing um, amongst any other, you know, this obviously fantasy everything. So between fantasy sports, uh, potentially, you know, obviously gambling, whatever it is, like there's plenty of money related aspects to sports chat. So that's something that could basically, yeah, esports, Boz just said 100%, esports is huge, a lot of money in that as well. So, um, you know, I think that's a community where it's kind of on that fringe, but at the same time um, can pass the sniff test if it really wants to. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you zoom out and look at kind of the the world as a whole, I think we're kind of on this um, we're kind of on this cusp of a financialization of everything. Where you know, oh yeah, if you if you go back ten years, sports wasn't as as deeply incentivized with finance. I mean, you could still bet on sports, but it's not it wasn't as easy as you know opening points bet on your on your phone and making some bets, uh, and then you know going into a group chat with your friends and talking about what you bet on and and sharing it. Um, 
And then, you know, obviously with esports, there's just ridiculous amounts of money being poured into it uh, over the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not just sports, then you could, then you could widen it out to really everything. I mean, you're seeing the financialization of, of literally everything. Um, so I, I think, I think in that broader view, I think we're also kind of on the right path of, of being a finance platform. Um, everyone cares about finance now in a way that they didn't before, uh, especially, and then if you look at with what happened with COVID, I mean, it's even, it's even more accelerated where. Now, now, you know, you could walk around on the street five years ago and ask people about inflation and they had no idea, didn't really think about it at all. Now you go on the street and you ask people about inflation and they're all thinking about it. They're all talking about, you know, what's the Fed doing and stuff. And I mean, five years ago, I don't think, I, I think most of the people that you asked on the street wouldn't know what the Fed was. Um, yeah. And, and that's obviously changed. And I mean, the, the coming tokenization of pretty much everything is just going to extrapolate this even more. Um, and we're, you know, we're really going to have the financialization of everything. And I think tokenization ends up being, ironically, the gateway to that really becoming fully entrenched in society. Yeah. Absolutely. So Marco nope. asks, will posts in communities show in the Leo Finance feed? If they don't, what are the, then can you do whatever community that wants to be there i'm not sure so i think his point is that if uh if they don't show up in the general leo finance feed then that opens it up more to the non-financial stuff gotcha makes sense but they do show up in the they do yeah so it does show up in the feed so think of think of the the feed works the same way that it used to but then think of community pages as a filtered version of the normal feeds where it's filtered based on the the curation algorithm of those moderators so those moderators are, are upvoting content and, and, you know, based on the weight of their votes and the, and the timing of their votes, it, it puts that content higher on that community page, but it still shows up in the Leo finance feeds uh, the same way that it normally would. Yeah. All right. So that's good. I mean, it kind of forces keeping things uh, filtered, which is fine because in the end, like Leo finance is again, targeted at a specific genre or genres, you know what I mean? So, because otherwise Basically, it's just sort of just becomes like Hive in a way. Like Hive blog is this exists for all the things. Right. Yeah, that's but, a know, good anything, question. Anything crypto related is going to be by default, you know, inclusive with uh, Leo Finance. Yeah. Uh, Sports Talk Social asks, uh, asks a good question. So um, the, in terms of the hive community, everything posted on Leo finance as it stands goes to the Leo finance hive community. Um, cause we actually don't use our UI to really filter, um, you know, through that community, uh, kind of framework that hive has at the base layer. Um, so this is kind of our own, I know that it's kind of confusing since we use similar terminology like communities and community pages. Um, but, but it is our own kind of second layer communities framework where, uh, we're kind of piggybacking just on 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 Hive's framework uh, instead of actually instead of actually utilizing you know separate communities. Right. Well, very cool. Oh. Okay. Right. So we got communities launched so get another 
task, another item checked mm -hmm. off on the list yeah. in the, yeah, in so the Sooniverse. So what, what else, else is going? <laughs> uh, I'm saying, like, what else do we have going on? I mean, obviously, we've talked about this um, well for a little you know, while was, now. So there was that whole Polycub APR adjustment thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good transition we're, into Polycub. Um, we're what a week deep into that, or not even? Yeah, I think uh, Sunday tomorrow will be the second week uh, of voting. That goes into into effect. Well, of voting, but of the actual APRs be different. It's only been a few days. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think we were about twenty. I we were at like forty eight or seventy two hours after the vote that it went into place. Um, but after that initial vote, um, it'll be the the real schedule is twenty four hours after the vote ends for that week period. Basically, when that snapshot happens. Uh, 24 hours later is when the, the APR is going to affect. So I think the next snapshot is tomorrow, probably about 24 hours from now. And then the new APR changes will be 24 hours from then. So we're probably about 48 hours away from the APRs changing again. So we're still on the, you know, send a certain amount of Matic to, a, uh, to an address. Yep. Uh, so have there been any votes since last week? That's a good question. I haven't checked. Um, but that is also a good point because some people have asked if they need to, you know, keep sending and up, updating their votes and you don't need to. So if you've already voted and you want to keep the vote that you have, um, then you don't need to do anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put a poll in the Discord here. Uh, so um, let's do one or let's do yes. Looks like there's been no votes since uh, in the past week. So yeah, it's I think definitely not. An obvious I think thing. honestly, I think everyone just forgot. Like it's an ongoing thing. Because I personally did. Like I forgot. Like this is. I'm just like, oh, we did the vote. The vote is done. Okay, the changes have been made. I after that, like psh, gone, not in my out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm happy. You know, the votes I have in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. Um, we did have one vote since the last one. So, so, so I'm putting this poll in this board as to whether anybody's, um, <laughs> whether anybody has that. actually made any moves in response to the governance changes. So you vote yes if you have made moves as a response to the changes in, in the distribution of rewards and vote no if you have just sat where you are and you're happy and not gonna do any changes or anything. Yeah, so far, we've got uh, one yes and two no's, three no's. Yeah, no, I just bumped up no as well because I haven't made any changes. Yeah. So I, I actually did. So, you know, I voted for, for PSPS. It was like me and one other person. <laughs> so, Which is very surprising to me, honestly. I thought SPS doesn't get way more love than that. So uh, so the, the pending, uh, you know, rewards went way down. So, you know, I did some math and I had to withdraw some liquidity. Uh, in order to keep the APR high enough to, you know, have it be worthwhile. So right now it's sitting at a, right at 100% uh, APR, which is which is good. I'm happy with that because you know I can stake in game with SPS for 40 something percent. So I definitely want a premium in order to you know, go through the whole polycap farm. And then, so then I took that and I said, well, what do I do with this uh, with this PSPS and this polycap? And so I, I went in and I actually saw that Hive had gotten all those votes. So I went ahead and got into the Beehive Polycup uh, 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 farm. 
So uh, an APR, what, like when I entered APR was like 140% and now it's down to 122. The, um, the PHBD I left alone just because, uh, you know, 30% is still pretty good. <laughs> so. Fastmaster still so, needs to vote. So three yeses and seven no's. Wow. Um, so as far as uh, voting, obviously people can just leave stuff, but if they want to make changes, this is like weekly voting? Every, uh, it's always ongoing. So, you know, you can change your vote at any time. It's gotcha. always ongoing. Um, and then there's and then just a weekly often, snapshot. Weekly snapshot, there you go. Right. And then the and then the yields will change based on that snapshot. So, you know, and, and you can also leave your vote. This is a good another good point. You can leave your vote, even if your ex polycub stake changes throughout the week, it still factors that change in. So, you know, if if one alpha stakes two times as much poly, ex polycub this week than he had last week, uh, then his existing votes will still count, but they'll be twice as twice as powerful, basically. Five is stuck in a loop with the word F, by the way. Tony, why don't you explain what you what you mean there? Um well, P, yeah, the, what he's talking about is that there's a reward.app that's sending like a 0.003 hive to uh, P hive, and then P hive sends it back. And then since they're both bots, we've got bots talking to bots. So yeah, it's stuck. In Bot on pop. I think we're going to, I think we're going to just add and ignore uh, to reward.app to the Oracle, which is. Uh, so reward.app can just donate hive to the P hive uh, balance. Right, right. Uh, do dance moves matter? Dance moves always matter. <laughs> but yeah, Bob's saying I, it'll be easier when you have to click you know, when you have a button to click, and obviously that's going to be the case. I mean, without having a visual reminder that there is this ongoing vote, you know, I pretty much forgot it there. So um, I'm ready to break out the dance moves at uh, Leo Fest. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. When is Leo Fest? Splinter, Splinterlands announced their Splinter Fest. There, oh, there's a Splinter Fest? There's wow. A Splinter Fest. October. Wow. It was in September, then they moved it because of Hive Fest. Leo Fest. I, if Cat was a betting man, which we all know that I am, I do not have my money on a prop bet that says Leo Fest in 2022. I'm going 2023. I think we could do it. I don't know how many people would come from the community. I mean, we're just so global. I don't know where we would do it and have, you know, a lot of internal people, but we, I think we could do it and have a lot of external people and make it more of an external contest or contest, external, you know, festival that's, that's just run by Leo Finance. So don't make it all about Leo Finance, but make it, you know, like a crypto conference and call it Leo Fest with a lineup of, of people, of crypto speakers that people want to hear from, uh, then you can get a lot of external people to come. And then obviously so good marketing this, tool. A good idea. So here, here's the angle, you know, it's, so there's there's NFT groups, there's NFT conferences, and then there's like Bitcoin conferences. There needs to be uh, conferences focused on web three and social and all that kind of stuff. There you and go. That, that's that the good idea. Uh, that's a great idea. That's, that's the angle. That's the niche. It's a great idea. The Web3, Web3 Con. Leo Finance, Web3 oh, Con. Leo Rave. <laughs> Leo Rave. There would be a Leo Rave after the festival or after the Leo Fest. I don't know. Actually, I'm, I'm too we old need, for raves. 
<laughs> you and me both, but hey, you know, once in a blue, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. So we need we need to pump the price of uh, Leo so we can afford to uh, hire Dead Mouse to uh, DJ. And we'll get Neil bobbing his head. <laughs> Fastmaster kept kept me around for a reason. Yeah. I, I have the ideas every now and then. All right. So we got uh, so we got communities. We got uh, Polycov governance changes APR. So okay, I'm gonna ask because it is the Wednesday show. When is governance UI coming? <laughs> uh, soon. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it should be it should be sooner than later. Um, okay. there's, there's a few ideas, um, in terms of how that's going to look, um, the, I would say, you know, we've got obviously the more complicated version of it, but I would say that the MVP should be out, um, you know, let, let's give it, let's give it by the end of June just to be safe, but, uh, the MVP will be out, um, okay, and it, it's going to be very simple, but it's just going to make it a lot easier to vote. Um, I think that I think for the MVP, because the, the main holdup with it is an issue with reading uh, like a, a real time feed of the governance. Um, so the MVP will at least have buttons where you can vote on on the different pools instead of having to send Matic. So um, that'll obviously make it a lot easier. Yes. Uh, just that alone would be, I think, a huge step. Yeah. Into, so uh, into governance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know how much um, how much changes there will be. Yeah, I don't think it's, I, I don't, I, the big change was the first governance vote. I think right. now we're looking at smaller changes and then we're looking at potentially, um, you know, certain people in Wales coming in and, and saying, I want the, gov I want the vote. Like, you know, let's, let's just say that you, Neil, you're tired of seeing 0.35x on the PSPS pool and you want to see, you know, 1.5x, uh, you know, th then you might come in and just slowly accumulate a huge stake of X polycub and then change the vote. Um, and obviously that would change all the other pools. Uh, so, and then, uh, you know, longer term in that post about the governance, I, uh, I included uh, the next, kind of one of the next iterations of, of, uh, of Polycub and, and what we're building long-term. Uh, one of them is called uh, VEX Polycub. So it's, it's basically, it, it sounds super complicated, but it's actually really simple. So it is based around the curve governance uh, setup where they have something called V-curve, which stands for voting escrow curve. Uh, and basically that means you can lock up curve for like two and a half years um, and then use it in governance. And you have you know, governance power based on that locked curve. Um, what we're doing with VEX Polycub is basically voting, ex voting escrow X Polycub, which essentially is just a way where you can lock your X Polycub for say two years and then use it to vote uh, on governance. Um, so in, in that scenario, your ex polycub stake is no longer going to count for governance. It has to be locked. No, you're, so this is where I think, this is where I think our system gets kind of interesting compared to, to curve. So ex polycub will still count in the governance votes, but it'll have say like a, just, just for example, just to keep it simple, just say it has a one-time, uh, like a one-times, um, voting power so like if you have if you have a thousand x polycub your voting power might be a thousand right 
if you stake a thousand, if so, like let's say user A has a thousand X polycub and is voting on governance, they have a thousand uh, waiting in the governance votes. Then let's say user B has a thousand X polycub and then they lock it as uh, v, uh, Vex polycub. Um, their voting power might be you know three X. So now their voting power is three thousand compared to one thousand, even though they still have one thousand X polycub, but now they've locked it for two years. Um, and then, um, you know, to kind of amplify that, the VEX polycub, similar to Curve, will have uh, will have a reward structure. Um, so it'll so for staking for two years, you get a lot more weighting and governance, and you get better rewards um, on on your single stake. That is interesting. And this kind of goes to a. Um, you know, we're working on a completely revamped uh, docs for, for Polycub. Um, and this kind of goes to the long-term vision of, of Polycub and, and Cub and what we're trying to achieve, which is um, based around uh, cash flow. So there's like this whole thing on Curve, which is talking about, you know, that cash flow life. So people are like, you know, I'm living that cash flow life. I have my Curve staked and I, I just collect my income paycheck. Um, that's kind of the long-term vision of, of Polycub and, and Cub is that, you know, you can generate long-term cash flow with DeFi and, and, you know, kind of be involved in these different pools and, and providing value. Um, so, so on something like Polycub, what we'd like to see is, you know, you stake your, your pot, you stake your Polycub and X Polycub, then you stake your X Polycub into VEX Polycub for two years and you're earning, you know, 10% or 15% APR, um, which, which is going to be attractive for different reasons. Um, and you just kind of earn this stable return over, over the long period of, over a long period of time. Um, Cause I think what we're all looking for in crypto is that one stable DeFi platform that is reliable, that you can sleep well at night and earn your, you know, 10, 20% yield. Um, I think the days of the, of the thousand percent yield chasing is, is kind of coming to an end. And, and what, what a lot of people would rather see is those more stable yields uh, in the long run. So, so what we're trying to create with Polycub is, is that exact environment. And then we're going to take the framework that works and we're going to, we're going to migrate that over to Cub. So then we're going to have both platforms set up in a way where the idea is generate long-term sustainable yields uh, that you can rely on. And, uh, you know, I know for me, I, I've got a lot of Bitcoin. I've got a lot of Ethereum, uh, Rune, uh, Leo, Hive, uh, HBD now I have a lot of, um, and what I'm looking for is just a platform where I can stake all that crypto and, and earn yield on, on it and, and sleep well at night. Cause you know, I have some staked on some other DeFi platforms and sometimes I don't sleep that well. Uh, you know, you never know, like, like look at what just happened to Luna, uh, and UST. So, um, you know, you'd think that a multi-billion dollar platform would be a safe way to stake and earn yield. And then it blows up overnight. You can, be left holding the bag. So uh, our, our goal is to is to create an environment where you're not afraid of that happening. Well, yeah. you know, algo stable coins for the win. <laughs> so did you guys realize that? And I didn't know this until recently, because apparently, like, I guess, I don't know, they recovered or whatever, but the price of the crypto token just had a nice big jump in the last 48 hours. But Waves has an algo stable coin that also severely lost its peg and, and, and people kind of got wrecked, not to the extent of the Luna debacle, but, you know, as we all know, I'm not the huge, a huge fan of algo stable coins at this point, 
Um, and all I keep seeing is example and uh, after example of stable coins getting wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Um, USDN, which is the neutrino, uh, they call it neutrino, uh, on yep. the Waves platform. It's a uh, similar arbitrage kind of thing between USDT and it's been around for years. Uh, it's always been like one of the highest earners on Curve because of the rewards that they, uh, they contribute to it. And it's, it has depegged multiple times. <laughs> but uh, they've always managed to save it, which is which has been amazing. And they do it by capital controls, basically. They lock down the platform and don't let people take out the money. And then they, they, they go in and they kind of recapitalize with other things and then it works out. Uh, but they've managed to keep it going. I was I was surprised they survived this past one because the uh, the uh, you know the market is so so anti you know algo stables now because of the whole USD thing. But uh, yeah, so, so far they're they're surviving. Well, and like you said, you know I think one of the saving graces is the whole pretty much when they lock down and don't allow withdrawals, which you know obviously as a hodler. I'm not, I wouldn't be a huge fan of granted right. it's, I guess, a saving grace, but you know, tell me I can't take my money out. It's like, well, shit, I might as well just use good old traditional financial institutions then because they <laughs> tell me that shit too. They do. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I have played the USDN game in years past, but I don't hold it right now hmm. and probably won't. And also, you know, waves and that, and that stable never got as popular as, you know, Luna and um ust and that you know it's the same i think uh thing even though uh hpd has some functionalities that usd didn't same thing it's more so safety by obscurity you know and obviously hpd depegged eight million times i mean shit i remember we we're sitting in the 80s uh 80 cent areas for like extended periods so yeah. well that's the only thing with algos uh... they still got ways to go yeah, ever since the stabilizer fund launched, it's been it's been better, you know, by yeah. extracting arbitrage profit from Koreans. So it's uh... <laughs> agreed, but that can be that uh, the reality is that 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 can be blown up. The stabilizer has uh, there's so much bandwidth, so to speak, that it has. That but, is true. Yeah, I you know I just posted a link to uh, this. Uh, this tool created by Osbit, um, which basically tracks the, the live metrics of, of HBD. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have written posts, I think uh, Addicted and Taskmaster have written posts about HBD and, and why it's secure and, and uh, Taskmaster's in here. So if he wants to link to one of his posts, that would be good in Discord. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was about, Task. Yeah, I read through yeah. that. It was good. Yeah, about why, you know, HPD is, you know, a lot more secure as an algo stable coin than others. Um, you know, a, a few big things for me is, you know, the history of HPD. So, you know, look at something like UST and it wasn't around for that long. Uh, but HPD has obviously been around for, for a really long time. And, uh, you know, while it has depegged a few times, it always comes back to its peg. So, and, and with that 20% APR in place, I actually think the risk of depegging to the downside is a lot lower. Um, cause I know that if, if HPD drops to 90 cents, I'm going to, I'm going to load up and, and buy a bunch of it. Um, and I think a lot of other people would, because you essentially know that at some point it might take a year, it might take five years. It, it's going to repeg itself to a dollar and now you've made 10% plus your staking for 20%. So, um, I think, I think that kind of adds the needed demand that we, that we were looking for, for HPD that wasn't there before. 
because um, because prior to that APR thing, uh, the on-chain staking rate, it HBD didn't really have much of a use case other than people earning it in post and then selling it for something else. Right. Uh, it really didn't have much of a use case. Um, yeah, now if, we've got. If, a, if you went back to the Steam white paper, it was talking about uh, where you where you needed to use your Steam in order to buy stuff in the in the world, and therefore we needed a a USD pegged asset to convert into to spend in the general economy, and obviously that's not what ended up happening. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's somewhere that's sitting somewhere in a pile with uh, right next to SMTs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, one, of, one of the things about HBD though, SMTs. Uh, that specifically is that um, so like on on Osbit's site, it's pulling the fee from CoinGecko and it's saying the price is eighty eight cents. But you go to the internal market, that's not true. You go to PHBD, that's not true. So what what's the story there? Um, say that again. So, so CoinGecko is showing HBD at eighty eight cents, but you can't right. actually buy any for eighty eight cents. So what is happening? Ah, yeah. Um, so so yeah. So with HBD. This is the major problem with HBD and really why we set out to create PHBD um, is that HBD's listings on, on exchanges is, is scarce and those exchanges that have them typically lock down for whatever reason, um, lock down deposits and withdrawals. So um, you look at something like a Bittrex, like if you look at it right now, it says uh, the 24 hour trading volume on Bittrex for HBD was $320. Um, 24-hour volume for, for HBD on Upbit was $31,000. So that's not horrible. Um, the thing is, a lot of times they, they lock down deposits and withdrawals. Um, yeah, like Nifty Phil is saying, uh, Bittrex has HBD locked about 85% of the time. And I have no idea why that why that is. Um, but essentially, the coin gecko and coin market cap pricing of HBD is based on those centralized exchange listings. But if you can't deposit and withdraw, then you can't arbitrage HBD to the real price, which is priced by the internal market on, on Hive. Um, and, and the real price is wrapped around a dollar. I mean, it's, it's usually somewhere between 98 cents and a dollar and one cent. So um, that's why I actually use um, shameless plug, but also, you know, <laughs> real value prop is that I use PHBD uh, on CoinMarketCap and CoinGecko to actually price, you know, what HBD really is because you can freely arbitrage PHBD and HBD. So the price is always almost the same within, you know, pennies. One solution is to build a derivative platform based upon HBD. Then you're looking at a power use case that is pushing organic value to HBD. I dig yeah. it. When, uh, when collateralized lending with PHBD. <laughs> So Polygon HBD is actually on CoinGecko. It's nine nine four five six four five zero six. We had one spike back on. Oh no, that was today. Somebody got wrecked. Use your slippage, people. Use your slippage wisely. Where? Where did someone get wrecked? Somebody pumped the, um, or got sandwiched probably for uh, $1.43 on PHPB. Like, per 
What do you mean? Yeah, so if somebody puts in a swap without a slippage limit or with a loose one, then, you know, the bots that are monitoring the blockchain, they see that, they come in, they bid up the price so that your order will still go through, but just barely. (laughs) And um, then you'll be paying more than you need to be. And um, so somebody entered an order with uh, either no slippage limit or a high one, like 50% or something. And Jesus. the bot came in and ran up the price in front of them. That guy bought it, and then the bot dumped and made an arbitrage profit off that trade. That's a sandwich attack or a MEV or uh, a couple of terms for it. But um, yeah, don't do that. AKA printing free money. Yeah. While all these all these uh, openings, so to speak, or exploits are available. Yes. Ah. Uh, I miss, I wish. <laughs> All these years in crypto, never got any of that free money. Guess I should have really learned how to do some coding. Well, you know, it's it's the modern world. And I, I think Taskmaster and I had an argument about this like two years ago about whether you actually need to be able to code or not. And I said, no, in, in the 21st century, you don't need to be able to code. Uh, it's helpful, but it's not a requirement. And he's saying, no, it's going to be a requirement. <laughs> so, no. It might have a point. I mean, it's definitely helpful, but yeah. <laughs> well, well, or you just hire someone to do it for you. Yeah, I mean, but then we get back to the whole, you know, it's hard to hire good people. You know, uh, with, with Bitcoin at 29,000, hiring is pretty easy. So now is the time to be doing all that stuff. When Bitcoin goes back to 60K, 70K, 100K, whatever, you know, there's well, popping champagne and not returning your <clears> calls. Also, though, like I get it, like for building certain things where like, you know, you're going to get paid or whatever. But for stuff like this, like, you know, our bots and, and you know, basically bots where essentially, you know, you're sandwiching people. Like, why would a dev ever do that for somebody else? Like, there's really no big overhead to that. They just create that shit themselves and collect money. Yep. So that's kind of, you know, where you do need to know how to build and code. That is true. All right, I'm going to scroll through, uh, scroll through tasks blog to see if I can find this HBD <laughs> post. Problem is, I don't remember which task account it was under. Oh yeah, that is a challenge. I didn't really like. I think I actually follow. Um, there were uh, what about? I know he wrote a few. All right, so maybe this is. I think this is the one he actually found. It sweet. I don't yeah, I had to add the, uh, the second accounts. link posted in chat. <laughs> you know, it's awesome when you click on the link and the post doesn't load. Come on, Leo Finance, don't fail me now. That is, uh... Oh, and then you got the one on Peak D. Cat, don't use no Peak D links. <laughs> I like that. I haven't been on, I literally have not been on another UI in years. I think the only, like, I'll go on to hive.blog just to, like, check my wallet over there and, you know, see if my power down came so I can flip it into Beehive. Um, I got to use the Beehive wallet. Say what? Beehive. Beehive uh, Beehive.dcd.io. It's Gerber's thing. It's it's the best. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's the best 
wallet management system for Hive. What? Yes. Give me a link in the uh, in the chat. Here's a. And uh, I was actually talking about this on on my Monster Hour show on Tuesday, where if you have Splinterland stuff, you must use this wallet because if you're transferring in and out of your game wallet, then it'll handle it for you, and you won't send it to the wrong address. Important. So, uh, but it also does Hive power downs and HBD and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I've been on the BSwap D City wallet, but you're saying I can? What do I do? Oh, because you go to the what do you do? You go to yeah, you're gonna hive and you can power up, power down, put HP Yeah, no, I know all that. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't, no, I've I used don't have any before. power downs active, but I think when you do, it'll give you like a, a calendar saying in three days, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, because I was on here because I did, you know, some of the um, staking with uh, BXT and whatnot. All right, Mark is asking about WLEO inconsistency. I assume that means the um, Geyser payments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, one second. I'm just responding to this. All right. Seriously, I can't get this damn post to load. <laughs> I'll just go to the blog. Which one was it? It was the 4450. That's the one I follow. Yeah, I think I think there's I think Task has more than even two accounts, maybe opposed to. I have the 4450 and then I have the 4450 LE, I think it is. Right. That's the two that I know of. You might have more. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's not more. Um, yeah, for the, for the WLEO geyser, um, so, so two things. So the first is that, um, you know, we, we played around with a lot of different things with the geyser. Um, clearly we, you know, in the long run, we need something better. Um, and, and the idea, and I talked about this, I don't remember when, but, you know, several AMAs ago, um, we're going to move WLEO to ThorChain. And when it's on ThorChain, those geyser payouts will actually just be added to uh, the LP. And that's kind of how, that's kind of modeled after things like Thor, um, you know, the Thor swap token um, and how they are doing kind of a similar type of geyser payout um, or just, you know, basically just an LP incentive payout. Um, so, so in the long run, we need to move to something that's a lot more, um, you know, feasible in terms of the technology we use. I, I'm not a big fan of the geyser model that we've got uh, just because it breaks out all the time and it's, it's annoying to operate. Um, but yeah, those geyser payouts basically just build up until, until we, you know, basically go in and manually, um, manually, because we, we essentially have to manually run the script for the geyser payouts. And I don't like that. I think we could do a lot better. Um, I do have a question. So given, you know, we're talking Ethereum, you know, based uh, functions, what happens when ETH 2.0 goes live and everything is better and all is well in the world, quote unquote. What do you mean two allegedly. years from now? Hey, August, it's on the board. Vitalik put it on the board. August is the merge. Aren't, aren't, 
I, I've been loosely paying attention to that, but aren't people rejecting the ETH2 uh, proposal? There's something going on. I've seen some headlines, but I haven't really followed it. Yeah, same. Uh, that's been happening for a while where there's the miners are kind of fighting it because, you know, in theory, I guess they're going to earn less and greed rules all. But it sounds like that has somehow not stopped things. I am a, I'm an ETH miner and I have been for a little while. I uh, would prefer not to go to ETH2 personally, but I mean, I don't really care either way. But obviously as an ETH miner, I'd rather keep it with the current uh, status quo because mining rewards are ridiculous on Ethereum. Um, that actually makes sense. There was, uh, surprisingly, this older dude that um, I see at the park when I play ball he came up to me on Tuesday because he obviously knows I do crypto and he apparently has been mining Ethereum for a while, like not too long, but he got into it like a year or two ago. And I was just like, I didn't see that coming at all. Like, I didn't think he was, uh, I never assumed he was into crypto, but uh, he was at, he's like, why aren't you mining? It's like, how are you in crypto and you're not mining? I was like, I just never got into it. I was like, I mainly do the DeFi stuff, but it's a good question, honestly. Well, not like you I know. can't. You are mining. You're you're liquidity mining and you're proof of brain mining. Well, it's just not the standard. Yes, tech mining. technically I'm mining, but in terms of traditional, like you know, like well, you're mining. You know what I mean? Just, so there's really no reason for me not to. I can you know well, acquire the equipment. <laughs> there is a reason. So I've been I've been in mining off and on over the years. Uh, way back when I was mining Bitcoin on my desktop with these little ASIC USB chips. Um, so the problem with mining is it's an arms race. So you have to continually, you know, reinvest in equipment in order to keep yes. your profitability up. So, you know, it's, the question is, is like, well, with that, with that ever increasing cost, does the market price of your assets increase to cover that, right? Because if you're just selling everything and then buying more equipment and selling everything and buying more equipment, you're not really getting ahead. Where, where it does work is if you sell or you mine, you have it, you have an income Bitcoin or whatever, and you mined it at $300 and you kept a portion of it. And then that $300 is now worth 30,000. So that works, <laughs> but you know, so a lot of it is really gonna depend on your overall uh, uh, future expectations of what the coins are gonna do. And obviously you could swap to another thing if you wanna mine one thing and invest in another, but the general thesis is the same. Uh, and energy cost is crazy too, depending on on your rigs. Yeah, so I mean, that's why a lot of uh, mining has gone to places with cheap energy. You know, Iceland yeah. and Kazakhstan and other places where uh, they can get you know, the power for cheap. Yeah, I uh, I've been mining Ethereum for a while, and and uh, you know, one of the keys to profitability for me has been um, I have a connection with somebody where I get free power for the rig. So there is uh, no helps. energy costs. <laughs> that, that definitely that helps definitely the helps. profitability. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, because I was talking to, I don't know who I was talking to about it, um, someone else after the fact. And I was like, listen, that's all well and good, but it's not like you just buy some rigs, set it up and then forget about it. Like you still have to pay attention to it. You still have to maintain it. Like, so I'm just, I look at it as just like another job, so to speak. It's, it's not like a 24 hour job though. It's like no. a couple minutes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> a couple minutes. I know. Don't get me wrong. Usually. 
I'm not saying it's a lot of work. It's just still something you need to check on uh, yeah. daily. So maybe I am well, that could, lazy. Could, I don't know. You could hire a manager for the rig. That's what I've got. I don't, I don't do anything. This is true. I just, I just organize and collect. I was just going to say, you organize and collect. I got to step up my game on organizing and collecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm much more interested in the, in the LP mining. Me too. Mm. Um, yeah, the rig stuff, I was pretty heavy on it a while back, um, but I really haven't reinvested uh, into more mining equipment um, for probably about a year now. Um, you know, with all this DeFi and, and, yep. and, you know, everything that we can do now with, with our, uh, with our capital, I just don't think it's a, you know, it like, look at the, look at the payoff of buying a rig and mining versus, um, just taking that same amount of money that you'd use for the rig and just putting in an LP and earning, you know, 15, 20, 30% or whatever. Um, and I, I think you're better off in the LP, especially cause you have instant liquidity. Selling, selling a rig is not an easy, uh, task. It's not. Oh, I'm sure it's not. If you're using those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I look at, you know, you buy a rig, that's your capital investment, and then that's it. Like, that cost is that cost, and you have to recoup that through earnings. I don't even think about a potential resale. Um, Cal, just for the recap, you had mentioned the Geyser and Thorchain. So can you give me, like, uh, the 30-second uh, recap on that again? Uh, yeah, what so – What's the goal? So long-term, we're going to deploy a um, liquidity pool on ThorChain. We've been talking about that for a while. Um, and that LP will also, you know, signal the, the movement of the geyser to kind of this better model that's used by things like Thor, where we can just basically take uh, WLEO and deposit it into, into a contract, and then it just distributes it to LPs um, instead of kind of doing this whole thing where we, uh, we have the geyser and sending all the payouts uh, cross chain. Cause, cause the way the geyser works is super complicated. It's, I mean, you know, a key thing with, with software, really anything in life is, is to simplify things. Um, and, and the geyser is anything but simple. It's, it's a cross chain uh, payout mechanism where you're taking data from Ethereum and then paying out based on that data on another blockchain, uh, which is obviously Hive. Um, so. So yeah, long-term gotcha. definitely looking to move the entire, and also I think Uniswap, I think their lunch is getting eaten a little bit, um, you know, by things like uh, uh, SushiSwap, um, what's the big one? Uh, I'm losing it. In regards to what, the Ethereum blockchain? No, well, there's something... Uh, I think it might have been Curve actually. People were talking about. Um, I think it was Curve. They were talking about how Curve is going to eat Uniswap over the coming years. Well, they um, got their tri crypto, so they have exposure on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah. Rather than just stable coins, you know. Yeah. And I think that probably will expand over time. Right. Right. So yeah, I think I do think it was Curve. Um, you know, expanding and and really just eating Uniswap's launch. I don't really see Uniswap doing much of anything valuable lately no, well they got no, a whole so bunch of other places to do airdrops so yeah uniswap will likely can continue to lose market share um but who knows maybe uh east 2.0 2 will be a saving grace because then it won't be misery to transact possible possible it's true 
you know, it's I mean, swaps have been pretty cheap lately. True. Eight, eight bucks kind of thing. True. It's not bad. I mean, it's not like 0.003 cents like on Polygon, but it's, it's decent. You know, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm reminded of old school stock brokerages where they would charge like ten percent or eight percent or something. Oh yeah, to facilitate I don't, trades. I don't and miss then, the like. <laughs> and then the the discount brokerage model was invented and says, "Oh, you just pay fifteen bucks flat fee." And everybody was super yep. excited. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, all that all those changes kind of started when we were you know pretty much just out of college yeah, we're just getting started yeah pretty much so it's just amazing yeah i remember that was the worst man it's been like 50 dollars on a, uh, to do a stock trade it made it so much harder to make money especially when you were trading with like a small account yeah. yep but uh you know progress you know, reduces cost. It's, that's sort of the definition of technology. So that it, it continues to reduce cost of doing whatever you're doing. So what do you guys think of uh, what happened with Solana? So that's like the, the big news in crypto this week yeah. is uh, Solana's continuous downtime. I think they were, what were they down for? Like 12 hours the last time. Um, uh, and and Sol has, uh, their token has dropped. Like, yeah. uh, well, they're down right now or, or last night. I think they are finally back online as of a few hours ago. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a problem. So, you know, Solana has, you know, this really unique proof of history thing. Uh, but, you know, at least so far, the block production is very centralized and buggy. So you have these problems where things get, you know they were diverging because their walk times weren't right they were diverging from real world, real world time and they've had these faults and all this stuff so um they definitely need to get that fixed before i think it'll gain some market share again abdex is bearish yeah. i've seen a lot of people say twenty dollars i saw one guy say five dollars um wow yesterday uh, that's the same guy who well, says Bitcoin at 14. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> Bearish. Well, me and Neil both know a guy that, you know, is well-versed in Solana in terms of like, that's just the crypto he mainly knows. He made a lot of money in it and he was smart enough to sell pretty much all of it like a month ago. And that's pretty much what he's looking at. Like, he's like, I'm not getting back into it until I see it at like 20. I think it was like 2025 he was talking about. So... Makes sense. Seems that's the consensus. Um, and yeah, everything I've read, a lot of people are like bullish on Solana, except for they just don't trust its reliability. Kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. So like, if it wasn't for the reliability issues, I'd be, you know, more all in. But yeah, it's definitely a problem. Yeah. But the, I mean, when it works, it is super fast and it's super cheap. So you know, I have a I have a technical challenge with it in that you know the smart contracts are not public, um, which I don't like. Uh, but uh, obviously, most people don't really care. So. I do have some some Solana NFTs, which I've lost plenty of money. <laughs> I do as well, and I haven't even looked in a, like a good month or two because I'm sure they've lost plenty of money. 
uh, I haven't really looked at any of my NFTs. Yeah. I mean, even the ETH-based NFTs I haven't looked at because I'm just like, whatever. Like, I basically bought those with the gamble on. I'm just going to hold these long-term and hope it becomes one of those projects that blows up and I can sell for some stupid amount of money. If not, whatever. Calculated gambles. Yeah, I do have some in my top 10 portfolio that uh, I have not adjusted since like the meltdown that we've had of the last month or two. Oh yeah, I forgot about the top 10 portfolio. Yeah, it's, it's no longer a top 10. It's like spots one through 14 now and plus some Luna out there. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly it hasn't been uh, pruned and cultivated uh, in the last couple of weeks. It is not. I, I gotta be well, so that's a good question. How often, I mean, because obviously, you know, things move in, you know, you have periods where you have stuff moving in and out of the top 10 constantly, like, you know, swapping between like, you know, number nine, 10, 11, things like that. But what were you using for your, uh, like, were you doing it like a monthly update or? I was looking at a quasi monthly and then um, I would make a rebalancing shift if the difference between the the model and the actual was more than a hundred dollars for a particular coin. And then um, as far as like the 9, 10, 11 swapping in and out, I would tend to let that run for a month or two to see if it actually sense. stayed there. Um, but there was no hard and fast rule. It was just kind of a yeah. feeling kind of thing. So for now, going forward, I shall call it the quasi top 10 <laughs> portfolio. Top 10-ish. You know, so. Top 10-ish. I like that. It's got a better, better rhyme, better flow 10-ish. to it. Tenish. Yeah, Filecoin was two hundred dollars last year. Yeah, I mean, the uh, I, I've said this in in many chats and different groups. I don't know if I've said it here, but one of the great lessons of the 2020-2021 bull cycle that that we saw was that the the alts from the prior cycle, from the twenty seventeen and eighteen cycle, vastly underperformed, and new yep. alts rose to rise to take their place because you know things move on and new technical challenges arise and new things are created to address those new issues. And so, I mean, the, the alts did really well in this past cycle. I don't think you, you're going to want to look to them to generate performance in the next cycle. You're going to want to find the hot new thing to, um, to jump on, uh, at least for that portion of your portfolio. But, uh, and you know, who knows what will be, it'll be something new. <laughs> And Filecoin had its pump, it's probably not coming back. Mm. <laughs> you know, it has its, you know, pump distribution and, and fall. And uh, that's just kind of how the life cycle of things go. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, um, even, though, even on the AMA and on other calls in terms of, you know, the alt darlings from this run aren't going to be the alt darlings for the next run. It's, you know, the matter of finding them and, think it was two AM and AMAs ago I put that challenge out to the community where it's just oh, like right. let's start in fact that actually might be a great community page to start you know like alts for the future or whatever you want to call it you know alts for the next bull run um because if we can turn that into a community effort now you have whatever it is instead of a handful of people looking for the next big thing communicating with each other you can have whatever it is dozens and dozens of people um where we can all benefit from each other's, you know, research because yeah, it's hard. I mean, you got a sea of thousands and thousands of coins, right. And you really don't know uh, which one's going to take off. And there's only so much, pro- only so many projects you can pay attention to. 
you know, because you're already spending time on the ones that you're heavily invested in. So as far as like looking for new coins, it's like, you know, what are you going to get involved in in terms of, you know, uh, being on another Discord server or or a medium or whatever? It's like maybe one or two. And and then it's like you spend some time on that and maybe it has promise, maybe it doesn't, maybe you move on, maybe you stick with it and that becomes the one that you believe in. But it's a big sea of alts and there's only more coming. And, uh, you know, the reality is the next big bull run, there's going to be an alt that, you know, thousand x's that literally doesn't even exist yet like it hasn't even launched yet so find yeah that. i think a good i think a good community page for that might be leo alpha maybe just make a leo alpha page yeah oh yeah that's what it was discover actually. the yeah. alpha yeah yep yeah we talked about that talk about their uh, trades big piece of leo alpha yep i think that would be a good page That'd be a great page yeah and if they fill ass what do we think of uh, Shib's creator disappearing? What do you guys think about that? Uh, oh, did he? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually reinforces. That. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, well, he was an anonymous creator and then he uh, just like deleted his social media accounts and stuff. Um, so, super uh, smart. Yeah, pulled all oh. his media, media and he's gone. He rug pulled his media and now he's in the wind. I don't know what I haven't even checked the price of uh, sheep, but uh, did he sell though? That's the question. Yeah, I have no idea. Looks like it's worth. Looks like it's pretty much worthless. Oh no, I mean it's still ranked sixteen, but it's crazy how things like this. I don't know. That's crazy. And I was like, um, with uh, when sushi swap launched, one of the devs ran up like eighteen million dollars. Mm -hmm. And then, but he was doxxed. And so people came after him and he was like, oops, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I know a lot of people who got into, you know, I, I'm sure you guys do too, like a lot of normies who got into crypto and they decided that it was a good idea to buy into the Shiba Inu hype. Um, and uh, I've never owned any or touched any Shiba Inu. Well, yeah, yeah that's the thing. I mean, most normies. Doge anyway. yeah. yeah. Doge, Sheep, and XRP are literally like by the top three owned by normies. Right. Which is which hilarious. I don't know. But it is, yeah, but so, that's also maybe why it's ranked 16th. Yeah. So like with uh with Doge, you know, it was in the top 10. I think it fell out. And but I didn't yeah. include it in my top 10-ish portfolio just because I, I just couldn't. Neil's got know, a <laughs> No meme coin rule in the top no 10. Meme coins. You it's have to have some now. kind of functioning something. It's number 10 now. And uh, I guess you can buy Dallas Mavericks tickets with it or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not quite useful. Well, I think a lot. I wonder how many people are speculating on Elon doing something with Doge on Twitter now. I mean, a lot of people are. You know, oh, that's the main reason. Anyone I know, any normie I know that's still holding Doge, literally they're like, if Elon, but, but, but if Elon does something with it, it's going to explode. Like that's the only reason they hold it anymore at this point. And they don't care. It's like, whatever, you know, they're bag holding. So they're just waiting for Elon to come be the savior. Yeah. yeah. And maybe yeah. he will. I don't, you can, you can tell how, how crypto is still in its infancy because we have all these white knights out there that is going to you know rescue this project. You know, Doquan is going to, fix uh luna and elon's gonna fix doge and 
you know, if you're relying on like one guy to do something, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, probably not a high, probably not a high probability bet. No, I mean, it's funny too, because like, you know, relying on that white knight, you could look, someone could take the opposite and say, you know what, I'm going to short the crap out of this thing, because if something happens to that dude, I know this coin is going down, to, you know, it's pretty much going to zero. Yep. <laughs> so any other uh, updates you want to share with us, Cal, as far as, so we got communities, we got governance on Polyco. Um, what's, what's the next thing to hit, do you think? Um, yeah, community pages, you know, I talked a little bit about like the next steps for that. We're ironing out some things with lightning. Um, and then, uh, we're going to roll out some more community pages and then, uh, really kind of take on some initiatives. So you'll probably see a bunch of stuff from, from Leo finance and Leo growth about some initiatives, basically to onboard people through those community pages and start getting some, some external people in, um, so what I'm going to be watching is, is that monthly active users metric and see, you know, that we grow it from month to month. Um, and, and like I said, let's, let's target 2,500 by December 31st. I think that's extremely doable. Um, and then uh, outside of that with Polycub, we've got a lot, kind of a lot going on with Polycub. So the new, uh, obviously the second week of governance is going to be in place uh, sometime around Saturday. So tomorrow is when the snapshot happens. And then 24 hours later, you'll see the APYs uh, update, but uh, people haven't really changed their votes. So there's probably not going to be much changed uh, in terms of that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think outside of that, then you've got the, the big one is going to be Leo Mobile V1. Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, working with Effing Guru now who won the uh, mock-ups contest for the mobile, mobile app in the app store. Um, so if, if any of you guys saw that, it, I think we talked about it on the last AMA too, but he did an awesome job with the mock-ups um, and, uh, and, and we're going to start deploying Leo Mobile V1 uh, into the app stores, uh, the full app stores. So uh, that's going to be huge. And uh, kind of tying that in with community pages, the, the long-term idea is that we're going to migrate community pages into Leo Mobile and then add a way where you can get, you can follow each page and get notified when there's a new post on that community page. So you can say like, I, I, I love ThorChain. I want to read about ThorChain. You can follow that community page on Leo Mobile. And then when a new ThorChain post pops up in the, in the ThorChain community page, you'll get a notification saying, you know, new post and uh, the title of the post. And then you click on it and go right to it. Um, so that's going to create, what we're trying to do is create a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, basically like a feedback loop for, for all the content on Leo finance so that, you know, you, you click one post and then, uh, you know, you start using the UI and then it kind of migrates you over to Leo mobile and back and forth, uh, creating a lot of readership and engagement. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of in the coming weeks, what we're going to be working on. Sounds good. And uh, we're on, we're coming up on two hours here. So I think we're. Yep. And the re the, re the recap post is out. So we're done. The <laughs> cat is efficient. Wow. That's crazy. Before, before the show's even over. Yeah, you can always I could tell we were wrapping up. I was like, yeah. get this thing out. Get, you got to get it out when it's hot. Hit the presses while it's hot. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. All right, so we'll call it there then. Yep. And uh, so next week we're going to be on Tuesday. Is that right? Tuesday. Yep. So five days from now. 
It'll be the seventh, I guess. And um, back to our regularly scheduled, you know, 11, 12-ish. Programming. Uh, yep. 10, 11, 12, something. Something yep. around there. Right. Whenever it's convenient for the calendar. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. All righty. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys we'll catch next you, week. Catch you next Tuesday. See you on the next one. See ya.